Hi, this is Miss Sadie from The Noshery. And I'm Rebecca from Foodie with Family. And welcome to another episode of My Plate is Always Full, where we're always hungry to talk about food. And it is about to get really hot in here. Oh my gosh. Anytime we get into these type of episodes, I get nervous. Like last time it was something about, yeah, like <laughs> something I really didn't like. And now I'm just like, this is about hot, spicy stuff. And I'm just really not. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. I'm nervous. Let's Ms. go. Sadie, calm down. We are not talking <laughs> celery again. I'm like, we are talking about something. I'm like, I'm already <laughs> just talking about peppers. Like, I know we're going to talk about peppers today. And I'm already starting to sweat. Like, <laughs> oh, relax. I mean, it's not like we're doing a taste test. Um, but no, okay. I know you can't handle <laughs> spicy food, but that is what we're going to talk about today. It's just, I'm. I'm such a pansy when it comes to spice. I like a little bit of heat, but man, I am just, I don't like watching those people. No, yeah, I'm not. Okay. okay. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I personally like for my food to get a little sassy with me. I like it spicy. Yes. I do know this. I know I, even when we've gone on trips, you're like buying things for your boys because they love spicy food. And although I might not love a lot of spicy food, uh, I do find it fascinating. You know, there's yeah the things that like I will eat. There's a very small I will eat list, <laughs> um, like really small. <laughs> it's two and things, then there's right? like a really long <laughs> I will not eat list. So, <laughs> so but today we're going to be talking about hot peppers, hot sauces, and what the heck a Scoville unit is or are actually. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. I do. But, and, <laughs> But we're going to talk about um, some spicy topics today, so let's make a spicy episode. And clear here, um, food should not hurt you. Like you should not be caused physical pain by your sustenance. It just that is not how it should work. I'm just saying. Okay, now I I like for my food to fight me a little bit. I I don't eat it every day, but I do like to work up a sweat eating spicy food every so often. You know, I I dig I that. I kind of like the whole, <laughs> you know, man versus food. I'm going to defeat this chili pepper kind of thing. It it can't win. It can't win. I'm human. Um. Yes, it can. Have you not seen? Are we watching the same programs? Like, have you not seen these people? What was that? Remember the last the last show or oh. the last episode that we talked about? Like, we are champions. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever? There was a chili pepper and eating contest in that one. Yes, and those people were sweating, <laughs> snotting, puking. Like, they were. I'm sorry. But that pepper won. Okay. The peppers won. Now, granted, there was like one winner. And I think, did they get to the highest pepper? I think, I think they, they did, did, yeah. Which was insane to me. It, but yeah. Okay. So, I mean, even I have my limits. My my kids' limits, they're, they're a little bit higher than mine. These guys have no fear. And they will, they'll eat anything. In fact, I decided to put that to the test for Christmas and oh, I bought okay. them these things called little nitro gummy bears. Okay. Um, they. It, it sounds bad, right? 
little nitro gummy bear, it bills itself as the world's hottest gummy bear. Now, I don't think there's any competition for this, frankly, but it's one little gummy bear packaged in rigid plastic and then in a box that's also Isn't wrapped. Isn't there a chip that does the same thing? I don't think the chip comes anywhere near the Scoville units on these gummy bears because honestly, I have to look it up, but I, I think... Hold on a sec. I am going to look it up because I don't want to <laughs> get it please. completely wrong. Because I think, honestly, it's like not so. Okay. So I I just took a second and I looked it up and the little nitro gummy bear is rated as having um, 900 times the heat of a jalapeno. Okay. So that would be the equivalent. Like what's a ghost pepper at? You um, know what I mean? A ghost pepper's right. It, a ghost pepper's in that particular um oh i'm sorry 900 times hotter than a jalapeno it has nine million scoville units okay which we will get into later but that makes it hotter than pepper spray that is muy caliente so i did not necessarily realize that when i bought it for the boys and then they treated it like blood sport and they they ate them and harassed each other over their quote wimpy reactions unquote (laughs) now i will say there was a lot of sweating and spitting because they were spitting it it made them salivate uncontrollably it makes you that's my thing like that was when we were when i was watching that documentary yeah and they are drooling and it's just yeah and the guys actually had to lay down cute they had to lay down on the couch or on the beanbag or wherever it was they found themselves until the feeling passed and i thought i felt like a terrible mother but they all volunteered for it now i mean i mean granted the first one who tried it tried it when we had covid so he had lost his (laughs) sense of taste but but the the moral of the story is it still hurt all the way through and well and then that's my other question like does it hurt all the way yes do you know what i mean yes you can trace its progress through your body (laughs) by where the pain is located but that's i mean it's it is it's interesting to me that food can do this to you while not actually harming you, which we'll also get into later, um, because it's sort of like a giant illusion. Well, you know what? It is a very real illusion to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I want nothing to do with any type of hot pepper eating contest or challenge or anything like that. And since I am pretty sure that we are not going to be doing any hot pepper taste test today. Correct. <laughs> um, first of all, because I will not volunteer. Second of all, we are in two different states. Um, I'm pretty sure that there is some history and science for us today. So oh, yeah. do you got any any history science situation? I for do, us? I do. And I would like to point out to everybody that while you refuse to do a hot pepper taste test, you're the same one who did a contest to eat those birdie bots every flavor beans, including ones that smelled and tasted like skunk and grass clippings, and I think even vomit, if I'm not so it's kind of funny because I actually did it with our friend Lynn, mm-hmm. and she was really 
like flipping out about it. But the anchovy one and the moldy cheese one, I actually thought were very not. It wasn't anchovy. It was supposed to be like smelly fish, oh, yeah, but it yeah. tasted like anchovies to me. And then the stinky cheese or the spoiled milk, that's what it was. The spoiled milk one tasted like blue cheese to me. Okay. Well, now, if you had told me it tasted like blue cheese, I might have tried it. But but I digress. Back back to our, <laughs> our hot pepper. We're getting, we're getting off track yeah, here. We're, we're, we're going on an extensive rabbit trail there. Um, <laughs> our hot pepper history it's pretty cool, actually. But first, it's important to note that chili peppers are in one variety or another eaten by a quarter of the world's population every single day. So at least, oh really? Yeah, at least a quarter of the world can eat spicier well, food than you. I mean, you. that that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. And what's funny is that people will automatically think that because I'm Puerto Rican, that. I like, I'm, it's like, you're, you're Latin. What is Latina? You must love spicy food. No, 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 I do not. <laughs> it's true. And I've, I've heard this, this speech delivered to several people and it's kind of fun because I can hear it coming at this point. Yes. Um, it is, it just, yeah, yeah. We do not do spicy food in the Spanish Caribbean. Yes, you see it in Jamaica and, um, I, Mostly Jamaica. I don't know about the other like Antilles Islands and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I can tell you for sure you're not going to find it in Cuba, Puerto Rico, or the Dominican Republic. It's just it's not our it's not our bag. It's not your thing. <laughs> well, it, it is, is not our. Thing. It is the thing of a quarter of the world's population. And what makes it interesting is um, that chili peppers, no matter the variety they are, have a compound that makes them hot. It's the same compound. It's called capsaicin. And yes. capsaicin is an oil-based compound that triggers pain receptors in the body to send out this message that you're skating on the edge. You know, you're living dangerously in your mouth. Um, you're doing something kind of sort of dangerous in a delicious way. But the truth is... Lies. <laughs> it's a giant brain hiccup. There's not actually any tissue damage happening at all. It's just a kind of trick that your pain receptors play on you when you eat spicy food. Isn't that interesting? Well, I mean, even if it is a trick, um, I don't like it. That's a mean trick. Don't like it. Don't want to participate <laughs> it. <laughs> She's not playing the game, people. I'm not playing along. I want to have nothing to do with it. But don't you feel you know like I mean? that piece of knowledge will help you in the future when you're eating spicy food to know that there's no, no. actual damage going on? It's all it's all a mind game. The chili peppers are playing a mind game on you. Yeah, it sounds like chili peppers are like psychological traumatizers <laughs> that are just trying to mess with you. And I think that could be very damaging. Okay, so interestingly, they they are trying to mess with you. And the theory goes that this is sort of plant evolution designed to keep the plants from being destroyed, right? Because if it's sort of like the cactus has spines to keep you from digging into it, right? Well, yeah, because my thought was like either they're poisonous or they're trying to deter from being consumed by mammals. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a defense mechanism. Now, on the other hand, birds are able to eat it without sensing any spiciness whatsoever, but that's handy for the plant because birds fly all over the place and poop, so they distribute the seeds. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, I just said poop on a food podcast. What is wrong with my 
brain. I don't even know. But yes, so it the theory goes that it is a defense mechanism for the plant. The problem is that it's still really tasty. So many of us, <clears throat> I'm lumping myself in with the quarter of the world who eat these daily, really mm-hmm. enjoy that sensation of defeating your food. And we actually owe our thanks for domesticated chili pepper plants to the Mesoamericans of the year 5000 BC. So this goes back a ways. Archaeologists have traced domestication all the way back to the, I'm not sure I'm going to say this right, but I'm going to try. Is it the Tehuacan Valley? In Mexico? Tehuacan, yeah. Okay, I was close? Yes. Was I close enough? Yeah. Okay. I would say yes. Yay! Um, but Bravo! Good for you! Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> I didn't do it with a French accent, did I? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Um, but it was traced back to this valley in Mexico where they used the chili pepper not just to flavor food, but also to fight disease and to fumigate their homes. <laughs> It's sort of the ultimate multitasker. I mean, it makes sense. Have you ever like gone to, I don't know, like I remember one time I was making a hot sauce Uh like at home from scratch and I, you know, you're blending it in a blender (laughs) and then you open it (laughs) and then you open it and it's like you have been maced. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I make, um, I make candied jalapenos every single year and the part where you take the jalapenos out of the boiling syrup and put them into jars, your eyes start running, your nose starts running. It's all uncontrollable. It is absolutely an autonomic response. You have zero ability like to fight so against it. so much fun. Well, it's delicious, though. So let's, I mean, let's fast forward from the year 5000 BC, a few thousand years to the 16th century. Just- Okie dokie. Yeah, we're, we're going fast <laughs> in history. And I'm going to super simplify the situation because it's very complex and distill it down to the fact that the Portuguese were exploring the world and had massively broad trade routes throughout the world. And they discovered that they loved the chili peppers in South America. And um, Vasco da Gama discovered a route from South America around the Cape of Good Hope to Africa and India in the year 1498 and set a path for the chili pepper to leave the Brazilian colony where he had been exploring and fan out into the world. So these chili peppers, domesticated chili peppers, we trace back to Mexico, Central America, South America, and then European explorers took them to Africa and India on their trade routes. And the rest, as they say, is history. Tasty, spicy history. And you see that influence quite a bit through cuisine still today. I mean, most of the spicy food, you'll see it come out of South America and regions of the Asian and African continent. Yeah. So, and it's tasty, not- tasty stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. So I want to know. (laughs) Deflect. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, "Mm." but what I would like to know, and I think a lot of us, uh, our listeners may be interested to know, is about the Scoville unit. Um, What is it and can we trust it? Because sometimes even when I'm like at the store and I'm trying to figure out do I really want to buy this pepper and it's giving me the Scoville unit? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a general understanding of it, but sometimes 
that is subjective. Does that make sense? Because it'll it's giving you most of the time like a gradation or like an average of where that pepper is going to fall. Right. But even there, like for example, the jalapeno peppers, there's some jalapeno peppers that you can buy them and they're actually pretty mild. And then there's other ones that feel like fire in your mouth. Yeah. You know the what trick I mean? is, I mean, that's, that's because there's variation in all living things, right? So even mm-hmm. from pepper to pepper on the same plant, you're going to find variation. It depends on the amount of sun it gets, the amount of nutrients it gets from the plant. So there's, yes, you can trust the Scoville scale, but there are some exceptions. So let's get into it. Um, okay. Before 1912, there was no standardized way to measure the heat or spice level or pungency of hot peppers. Oh, so it was like, cheese world still is right yeah you know how like we were talking last week about like what qualifies as like such and such cheese and it's kind of like well it depends yeah it (laughs) depends there's there's still a little bit of the it depends to it but thankfully an american pharmacist in 1912 um who went by the name Wilbur Scoville, hello, had enough of the chaos and devised a practical test to assess the relative pungency of hot peppers. And he called his test, and it's kind of a mouthful, uh, the Scoville organoleptic test. Organoleptic? Yeah. That's that's quite a word. It is. (laughs) It is. And before we go too much further into it, um, let me describe the test because this is how we get Scoville units. So what they would do is they would dissolve an exact weight of dried pepper that had been ground up in alcohol to extract the capsaicinoids, in other words, the heat compounds. And then once they extracted that, they would dilute that alcohol that had all of those heat compounds in it in sugar water. And then you'd take it to a panel of five trained testers, so five people whose job it was to taste this stuff, who would be given a sample of it. And then given samples at decreasing concentrations until a majority of the panel, in other words, three out of five, could no longer detect the heat compounds. And then the heat level rating, or Scoville units, assigned to the pepper are based on this dilution in multiples of 100. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense because I always wondered like what, I mean, you know, it's like 9,000 Scoville units. <laughs> Did they just and, make that number up? What is this? Yeah. In, yeah. I mean, what do we compare this to? I mean, to? obviously I understand the higher the number, the hotter. I mean, right. Duh, duh. You know what I mean? <laughs> but what is this unit? Like what is the significance of the unit? So that's interesting to know that it's in regards to the dilution yeah. actually more than it is about how hot it actually is. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So do you do you see the potential weakness in this test though? I mean it's based on humans and that's subjective, right? And Yeah, which is I mean, for example, you and I would probably have a very different reaction. Right. Um to the heat because I am very sensitive to it and you are not. <laughs> Correct. And Not only that, but humans get palate fatigue. So if you're sitting there tasting things in decreasing concentrations, it's it's sort of like, well, to put it in terms that maybe a lot of people would get, if you think of a wine flight, you start with the lightest bodied wine and you move up to the most robust one. 
Or if you're trying a bunch of different beers, you're going to start with the lightest beer and move to the heaviest beer. So if you're starting the opposite way around with the hottest pepper or the highest concentration, it's going to be tougher to discern the lower concentrations depending on how much time you give your palate to recover between each testing. Well, and then even if you think about it, like even if you, because I know I struggle with this sometimes that if you're tasting between things and you taste something first and then you need to allow your palate some time to recover or rest. And if the longer time that is required, you kind of forget about how that first comparison is. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, I mean, so you can understand that test results weren't exactly perfect and they could vary by as much as 50% from lab to lab, which is a pretty huge variance. Which is, again, why I don't trust the hot pepper. (laughs) Okay, but wait, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) So the thing is, everybody kind of recognizes Scoville units as a a pretty solid indicator of what they can and can't handle on the heat scale. But as of 2011, Scoville's original organoleptic test has been supplanted by high-performance liquid chromatography, Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the suspense, I can't take I it. Know. The reason this is such a big deal and such a big leap forward is that chromatology analyzes and chemically quantifies the capsaicin levels in every single pepper, making it foolproof. So this is, you know, you have an empirical measurement not based on a panel of five human testers. So they take the results from the chromatography and convert them to Scoville units by the clever use of a very complicated math formula I'm not going to try to share here. Well, I'm not going to help because that's definitely not my strength. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it involves parts per million heat and parentheses and PEMDAS and all of that jazz. And if you really want to see it, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, We'll link to it, but I'm I'm not going to do all of that. Let's just get back to Mr. Scoville and his now space age units. Yeah, like I said, uh, I'm not so good at math. It took me four attempts in college algebra to get a D. So. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're not going to have you crunch the numbers for this. But um, let's. here's how the Scoville scale works roughly in case you're not familiar with it. You have the least pungent, which goes from zero to 700 Scoville units. Um, think bell peppers. And then you have mild... Which I find funny to even call them peppers because they're like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I know it's a pepper, but is it a pepper? You know? It's a pepper. Like- it's a pepper and it's mildly <laughs> pungent. And I've got, you know, my hands kind of blinking like blinking lights, mildly pungent. Then you have mildly pungent. And mildly pungent is 700 to 3,000 Scoville units. So think guajillo peppers, poblanos, anaheims. You know, they've got a little bit of a kick to them, but nothing you can't handle. They're fabulous, though, like roasted. Oh, That's yeah. the type of pepper that I like to to do like sauces with or a mole, uh, especially you find a lot of dry peppers. Yes. Um, That way. So, And you can, you can still really taste the sweetness of a pepper because they are, I mean, there's a reason they're called sweet bell peppers. There's a sweetness to them. And then yes. we move into moderately pungent, which has a pretty big range. It goes from 3,000 to 25,000 Scoville units. And that is where jalapenos and serrano peppers fall. And this is usually when I bow out. (laughs) (laughs) This is when she's tapping out and pushing the plate toward me. 
Um, next, we have the highly pungent category, and that is in quotes, that's what it's called, of 25,000 to 70,000, and that includes cayenne peppers and arbol peppers. And then finally, we have the deceptively gently named, quote, very highly pungent, unquote, category. And this is everything that's above 80,000 Scoville units. That should be like the fire in your mouth <laughs> and in like intestines. Like like that this is going to hurt category, not the very yes. highly pungent. It's just so, it's so mild it's just, sounding. Yeah, I'm like, this is, this is false advertising. Right. It's like stiff upper lip. You'll be fine. But this includes everything from habaneros to ghost peppers to pepper spray. I'm not even kidding you. Pepper spray is in the very highly pungent category. And pepper spray, for the record, has between 2 million and 5,300,000 Scoville units. Um, okay, so that is just what blows my mind is now they're like 80,000 and over. Yeah. And then you go from 80,000 to like a potentially over 5 million. Oh, yeah. I feel like there could be some categories in between <laughs> you, like, don't you yeah i feel like maybe they could break that one down a little bit more but if you think about it to put it in perspective five million three hundred thousand scoville units is roughly 500 times the heat of a jalapeno about 15 times the heat of a habanero and it's, it's about the same heat as the world's hottest pepper do you know the name of it uh, I do not, and I have no interest to get to know it. <laughs> well, just so you know, in case anybody pushes something toward you and says this has scorpion pepper in it, you probably don't want to eat it because that's the one I I'm just talking feel, about. I don't know, but if somebody's like, this is scorpion pepper, I'm just going to automatically go, yeah, I don't want to put that in my mouth. <laughs> what if they're like, it's just got a little dash of scorpion in it? I mean... I mean, here's like, I've seen those scorpion candies. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would probably eat that because the scorpion itself is not spicy. Do you know what I mean? Right. But what if you got confused? I'm assuming because I've never eaten a scorpion. I'm just, However, I'm advising you it, use a little discernment knowing your distaste for spicy foods that you have somebody quantify exactly what they mean if they tell you it has scorpion in it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, any food that is like not specifically a scorpion, I probably would be like, what does that mean? Because obviously to me, it just seems like a description of something like nasty, mean, harmful, aggressive, you right, know? Right. That's what I would associate it with. So yeah, I probably would just take a pass on it yeah. unless I can see the scorpion coated in the candy in there. <laughs> and then because I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little I'm a little curious about that. <laughs> right. Well I, I'm also a little curious and also a little bit terrified of scorpion candies. But I think I think the scorpion pepper might even be a bridge too far for me. I, I certainly wouldn't eat a fresh scorpion pepper, but I feel like if somebody could guarantee me they had added just a little hint of it to taste in a food, I might be down with that, but I couldn't eat it what? pure. No, no, absolutely not. There's no freaking, you could not pay me. Well, no. <laughs> Wait, how much, how much would you have to be paid to try it? I guess if I wasn't going to die, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd really have to think about it. Every man really has his price, Bob, and yours is pretty low. <laughs> well, because like, 
like, obviously, this isn't like a moral issue. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. if you want to pay me because of some moral issue, I'm going to be like, no. But if it's if you're going to pay me, I don't know, $10 million to take a bite out of a Trinidad scorpion pepper, I might consider it. Okay, folks, do you hear that? If you guys can crowdsource promises, $10 million. No, yeah, no. Please don't. <laughs> if we can crowdsource $10 million, Miss Sadie will take a bite of a scorpion pepper and I will take a bite of that $10 million as a finder's fee. Anyway. I feel like I under, like, I lowballed you myself. Lowballed herself. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see how quickly we can come up with that $10 million. Um, but we have, I, I would say we've cleared up what the Scoville scale is, which is, while recognizable, flawed. Would you agree? I mean, yes. I I can tell you for sure that I want nothing to do with those last three categories. (laughs) Also, I find it very interesting that you just like threw in there that the Trinidad scorpion pepper is the world's hottest pepper, but you didn't say like what what is that? What is the equivalent? You know what I mean? Like, how much hotter is it? Okay. Than well, actually, a jalapeno pepper. It is. It, it is the same heat as pepper spray. So you're talking two million to five million three hundred thousand Scoville units. So it's yeah. five five hundred times ish hotter than a jalapeno. Six yeah. twenty million dollars. <laughs> she just changed. She upped her price. She had, she she has changed it now. So um, I think we covered the Scoville scale um, as much as we need to now that you are terrified of those last three categories. And I want to have a quick word about etymology and the word chili. So, Which I am always, I, I think I, mis, I spell it in like 15 different ways. I'm exaggerating, but. <laughs> right. Well, there are. I mean, right? Yeah, there are three ways to spell it. There's C-H-I-L-I. C-H-I-L-L-I and C-H-I-L-E. Which of those three do you usually use? Well, it depends if I'm making a pot of chili or if I'm using a chili. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think until I was doing research for this episode, I would have said the same thing. And now I know that all three of those are interchangeable. And it's a matter oh, really? of geographical preferences. So C-H-I-L-I tends to be the word that people use for both the soup or stew and the pepper in most of the United States. C-H-I-L-L-E. Wait, strike no, that. L-L-I. C-H-I-L-L-I <laughs> is what is preferred in the UK as a spelling for both the dish and the pepper. And C-H-I-L-E tends to be preferred in the southwest of the United States and as the spelling of Hispanic origin. Oh, which is what I tend to use the most is right. C-H-I-L-E, um, which I guess would make sense, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it does make sense, <laughs> given the fact that Spanish is your first language. So Yeah, well, that and then I lived for a while in Texas, too. So right. there's, you know... Like that combo there. So, so while a lot of times there is a hard and fast rule about the spelling, 
of particular words in regards to food. In this case, you are equally correct in using any of those three words, which I find oh, interesting. Good. Yeah, well, because I I'm like because I speak two languages and I'm really bad at spelling, <laughs> especially <laughs> like is in general. This gives me this like puts a little pressure off of me. Just uh, just a smidgen. Another thing I don't need to worry about. That's but, correct. Hey, <laughs> It's not a show about hot peppers unless we discuss hot a sauce. Oh, yeah. You like a sauce? That was very yes. saucy. It was saucy and spicy. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is one area that I can indulge in a little bit mm -hmm. because I feel that with hot sauce, you just have a little bit more control. It's you know true. What I mean? It's true. Instead of you know, spicing the entire dish, you're adding it to taste. Exactly. You're typically adding it at the end. You know, so it's not, you can just adjust it a little bit. And one of my personal favorite sauces, especially while I lived in Oklahoma and then in Texas, I fell in love with Cholula. Oh yeah, that's on my list too. I am obsessed, especially with the Chipotle Cholula, just a little bit over my eggs. Ooh, so good. that'd be a little bit of smoky quality to it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And honestly... For me, since I've moved to Tennessee, it's been really frustrating that I can't find like a really good Mexican breakfast. Because mm -hmm. when I was in Oklahoma and Texas, you could find them anywhere. And it was it was just so good. And I miss that a lot, like the migas and the chilaquiles and things like that. And the order a nice, good breakfast taco with a little bit of that Cholula Chipotle hot sauce. Mm-hmm. <sighs> My favorite. Now, I know for sure. I know you can down. make all of those foods, but there is something special about being able to go out and have it for breakfast and have somebody else make it and clean up for it. There's that. But yes, even though I am capable of making it, it's just, I tell you, like these, you know, these authentic like Mexican little restaurants, yeah. you know, it's it's not what I grew up making. You know, I, I grew up Puerto Rican, so right. it's not what I grew up making. I can't get it exactly right. Or I don't know, maybe it is a little bit of a mind game where I'm not having to make it, you know what I mean? So it just makes it better. Right. Well, again, I mean, we're capable cooks, but there's something really special about having somebody who who has who grown knows? up with the yeah. cuisine make it for you. It's totally different. And it's just, and then, you know, just the ability to just wake up in the morning on a Saturday morning and roll out and get like a really good quality breakfast taco or migas. Migas no, is what I miss I'm so the most. hungry right now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Every single time it happens, you know, you would think by this point, I would have learned to eat a really solid snack before we start recording. But no, no <laughs> by the time we get to the end of every episode, I'm starving. Well, we usually record them pretty close to lunch, too. That's but true. I only in my pantry, I have like two hot sauces. I have my Cholula Chipotle, and then I have some Sriracha. But I am pretty sure that you may have like a little bit of a collection. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hot sauce collection that would rival a well-stocked grocery store. Um, but it's it's not just me who eats them. My husband eats hot sauces. My All of my boys love hot sauces. I'm not going to go through the entire list because that would be ridiculous, but I do have a couple of favorites that I reach for almost every day. So um, for everyday sauces, I really like Cholula as well. I also like Frank's and Tabasco. I think my thing with the reason I love Cholula so much is because it's a little bit more focused, I find, on 
the pepper yeah. as opposed to Frank and Tabasco's has a lot of vinegar in it. It does, but that's, you know what I mean? that's why I like them for different purposes than the Cholula. So in my mind, and this, you know, maybe angels on the head of a pin, each hot sauce has its own perfect purpose. And it's, it's true. And something with vinegar is going to go well with something that needs a little acidity. Whereas Cholula, I think, is just pretty well like a finishing condiment, almost like ketchup, right? So yeah. it Well, and like for sure, like I wouldn't use Frank's, for example, to make like um like a a buffalo sauce or something like that. I mean I wrong. I was I gonna say use... actually that's exactly <laughs> what you use for a buffalo sauce. Yeah, backwards. Yeah. Scratch that. I wouldn't <laughs> use Cholula to make a buffalo sauce, but I would definitely use Frank's to make a buffalo sauce. Right, because you want to cut through some of that fattiness of the chicken wing with some of the acidity from the Franks and the vinegar. And I I do also love and cook with sriracha quite a bit. Um, and while it isn't technically a hot sauce, I also really love spicy chili crisp. Are you familiar with it? No. Okay. I mean, I use a little bit of spite, like chili sauce. You know what I mean? Like the red chili. Right. Well, this is a little um, different. This is This is a Chinese condiment. That's made of oil, ground hot peppers, chopped peanuts, uh, fried garlic chips, and peppercorns. Oh, and that sounds interesting. Let me tell you what. I put that stuff on everything. I even put a spoonful of it in my soup. It has such a robust flavor. It isn't all spice. You know, it's got the oil. It's got the peanuts. It's got the garlic chips in it. It's got a little bit of crunch because of those things. It is, I'm telling you, this is one of the most habit-forming condiments I have ever tried. And I love it so much. I think probably the most common brand that you can find in the U.S. is Lao Gan Ma. And it has a photo of a kind of serious-looking woman on the front. I was about to say, is that the, the what you described her just like that, as a serious... Yeah, we call her happy lady. <laughs> Um, there we go. <laughs> but she she doesn't actually look too happy, but she should be because that sauce is crazy good. It is so tasty. Um, I I even made a recipe of it on Foodie with Family in case you can't find it around you or you can't mail order it. It's I'm telling you, it's really good, and you can adjust how much you add to food. So if your spice tolerance is low, <clears throat> Miss Sadie. <laughs> Then you can add just a little bit to it. And if your spice tolerance is more in the Rebecca Linda mood level, you can add scoops of it to whatever it is you're making. And I was about to ask, I'm imagining because it has peanuts and some garlic chips and stuff in it that it's maybe similar to like a thick or like a thin paste, sort of? Kind of. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a shake bottle. You have to actually like scoop it out. You have to scoop it out. And when you look at it, you can discern the different things in it because it is it has enough texture that it's still got crunch but it the oil disperses the flavor through whatever you're putting it in or on it's hmm. it's really I'm good have to try that out it sounds really interesting and i think that adding the peanuts probably is a good balance with the chili, you yeah. know what I mean? To yeah. kind of dilute the heat yeah. of the chili a little bit. Yeah, you know it what does I mean? it does definitely do that. Now don't misunderstand. It still packs a punch and you you would probably really easily overdo it. But if you put just a little <laughs> bit in, I I really think you might dig it. 
I'd have to give it a try. And speaking of hot stuff, because we're talking about peppers, I do want to share a tip for everyone when working with hot peppers. Oh, yes, please. Don't think like you're big and tough. (laughs) And be a martyr to the pepper and just think that you can handle a pepper with your bare hands when you're cutting it or working with it. Because let me tell you from personal experience, that is not so. She's right. You <laughs> you need to put on gloves or some some kind of hand protection when you are working with hot peppers because the oils in your skin can absorb the the hotness, the is it the capsian? Uh, yeah, um, capsaicin. Thank you. Um, <laughs> words so hot, um, <laughs> but they absorb into your skin, and because of the oils in your skin, they like hold on. It's true for hours. You know, though, and then when you think the moment you think like, oh no, I'm good, I'm fine. It's no longer you go and you like scratch the inside of your nose or the corner of your eye, and then you are on fire. So yes. <laughs> it's true. In fact, I have to just real quickly share a cautionary tale. Uh, my husband and I went to a farmer's market. This is back when we were first married, and we found a beautiful basket of Serrano peppers. And it was far too many for us to eat in one sitting. So we decided to blanch them in vinegar and freeze them to use throughout the winter. And my husband was, well, he was being macho and decided to process these peppers without wearing gloves. He went, How'd that go? Yeah, well, let me just tell you. About a half an hour later, he went to the bathroom. And um, when he came out of the bathroom, his eyes were really big and starting to water. And I said, hey, are you all right? And he says, I forgot to wash my hands before I went to the bathroom. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> and let's just say... That he never again forgot to wear gloves while processing hot peppers. The moral oh of the story. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Is that you want to wear gloves while you're processing hot peppers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Peter Piper picks Not- a peck of pickled peppers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the good thing is, is that, you know, unless you're allergic, you're not doing any actual tissue damage. Correct. But yeah, it definitely is going to hurt. It is. And especially <laughs> if you get it on sensitive areas of the body, it will hurt doubly so. Now, if you do do that, <laughs> is there any way to remedy? Well, I funny you should mention that. I do actually have a tip. On how to calm your mouth and your skin and your stomach and anything (laughs) that has come into contact with something a little too fiery for your taste or comfort. Um, For starters, do not reach for water. Don't run your hands underwater. Don't take a big gulp of water. I know that might sound counterintuitive. Water might be your first response. But please remember this fire that you're experiencing is oil-based. And if you yeah, think about how water... actual fire. <laughs> right. If you think about how oil and water behave, um, water is going to push that oil further into your skin or further into your mouth. It's, it's just pushing it around. It's not removing it. So in order to dissolve this or work your way through 
the oil-based pain, you need to reach for something mild with fat in it to calm the burn. So think ice cream, milk, sour cream, cheese, basically anything dairy. Dairy is your friend. So if you've got hot pepper on your hands and it's just you can't handle it, pour some whole milk over it or other body parts that you or might cold cream because that's right or but the the advantage I of the milk did that one time <laughs> did you really <laughs> i got like hot pe- i didn't realize i was breaking down um hot uh jamaican peppers uh-huh. which are also um oh my gosh what are they called uh hot scotch bonnets oh yeah and um i thought they were like sweet scotch bonnets oh dear and then as, yeah, as I'm breaking him down, I go to like scratch my face. Oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't know that was what was going on. So I kept touching my face trying to figure out like, why does it itch? Why is it burning? And then finally I realized that I was dealing with very hot peppers. Oh dear. And I completely freaked out because my face was on fire. And the first thing I could think of was to grab a tub of Pond's cold cream and put it all over my face. How'd that work? (laughs) It actually worked really well. That's fantastic. So yeah, um, I had never tried anything but dairy. I just, I knew that water was not your friend in this situation and dairy was, but I would say, okay, so Pond's cold cream on body parts, but not in the mouth. If if we're just breaking it down for you there. And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up and uh, go serve myself a big bowl of ice cream because I'm a little hot and sweaty from all this hot pepper talk. <laughs> well, that yeah, you really are sensitive if just the talk is making you sweaty. Yeah. Well, honestly, you know how like I'm always like, I'm just, yeah, I just, just, it gives me almost anxiety to think about having to eat hot peppers. I can't, it's just the truth. $20 million, people, $20 million will make her eat it. But I digress. But if you have any questions uh, regarding this episode, uh, maybe have a hot pepper story of your own, please send us emails with your questions and your stories to myplateisalwaysfull at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us through DMs and Messenger on Instagram or Facebook. You can find me, Mercedes, at thenoshery.com. And you can find me, Rebecca, at foodiewithfamily.com. And you can find the podcast with all the show notes at myplateisalwaysfull.com. Please like and share. Listen to all of our episodes. Uh, leave a review. We love reading reviews. And uh, tell all your friends that they must listen to My Plate is Always Full. And please join us next Wednesday for another episode of My Plate is Always Full. Until next time, stay hungry, friends. Join us next week for another helping of My Plate is Always Full. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe through your favorite podcasting platform, leave a review, and share it with your friends to spread the love.